I've really been struggling with heartburn since I got back from vacation. I mean, maybe not struggling. I don't know if that's the right term. I've always been able to regulate my heartburn by controlling my diet. And, uh, of course, you know, on vacation, the diet, your diet kind of goes out the window. Um, but I gained like, I don't know, 60 pounds, 70 pounds over the last couple of years. Cause I kept having major injuries, like the kind that require surgery and then long periods of sitting still with your legs in the air. So I've been dieting hardcore and um, they're kind of taking the weekends off. I try to only just, I try to just take like one, one day off, you know, like that cheat day. But then that kind of spills over into Sunday because of leftovers and, you know, whatever. I'm not, I'm doing fine. I'm doing good. I'm accomplishing my weight loss goals. But I went on my vacation a couple of weeks ago, as you know, and I was gone for two weeks. And I didn't go crazy, but my diet began to resemble the, uh, oh, the probably... Standard Western diet. A lot of eating out, a lot of fast food, a lot of sugar, a lot of grains, which isn't what is usually included in my day-to-day diet. I wasn't surprised that I was having heartburn on my vacation, and I figured now, okay, I'm going to get back get back home, get back to my routine, get back on my regular diet, which just consists of basically no sugar and no wheat, no rice, no pasta, although there is this pasta that's uh, made out of garbanzo beans. That's actually pretty good. It It isn't, it's pretty much the same as pasta in terms of carb content. But it's gluten-free, which means no wheat. And I think I've started zeroing in on maybe a gluten intolerance or something. But if I eat wheat products, the heartburn comes back. And since I've been back from vacation and returns to my diet, I noticed I'm still sensitive i still wake up in the middle of the night and i gotta eat some tums get my heartburn under control and it's not something to be concerned about in my opinion if it's something that i can control with my diet i don't feel i need to seek medical attention (laughs) i don't need a prescription I don't want any of that stuff anyway. Because of my upbringing, 
my life experiences, I'm kind of skeptical when it comes to believing the things that doctors say anyway. And I'll tell you why. So I think when I was probably elementary school, maybe fourth grade, fifth grade, I found out that my grandma had breast cancer. And I wasn't heavily engaged with that and all of the processes that she went through because I was 10, you know, or 12. So she began to get special treatment. And I really had no idea what was actually happening until much later. But because of this treatment, she was beating her cancer. And she lived much, much longer than anyone expected because of this treatment. I even went into remission at one point. Then something happened. And she wasn't able to get her treatment anymore. And so the cancer came back strong and she died when I was 23 or 24. Now I started asking questions and I found out that my grandma was receiving treatment from a Dr. Brzezinski. Now that name may be meaningful to you. And I'm just pulling up this article now from canyouexplain.com. The untold stories proven cancer cure by Dr. Brzezinski in FDA cover-up. Dr. Brzezinski, a nationally and internationally recognized physician, pioneered the use of biologically active peptides for the treatment of cancer. In 1967, at the age of 24, Dr. Brzezinski graduated first in his class of 250 students from the Medical Academy in Lublin, Poland. It was at this time that he identified naturally occurring, <laughs> naturally occurring human peptides, which were deficient in cancer patients. He concluded that these peptides played a role in preventing the growth of cancer cells. In 1968, he earned a Ph.D. degree and became one of the youngest physician investigators in Poland to hold both the M.D. and Ph.D. degree. So because of family connections, etc., my grandmother was able to get in touch with this person or this person's people and began this treatment with success. But then as the headline insinuates, he was in trouble, couldn't get FDA approval, and uh, eventually had to stop treating. And I'm just scanning through this article because I am not sure what exactly happened to him. 
Food and Drug Administration engaged in four federal grand juries spanning over a a decade attempting to indict Dr. Brzezinski, all of which ended in no finding of fault on his behalf. Finally, Dr. Brzezinski was indicted in their fifth grand jury in 1995, resulting in two federal trials and two sets of jurors finding him not guilty of any wrongdoing. If convicted, Dr. Brzezinski would have faced a maximum of 290 years in a federal prison and 18 and a half million in fines. And this in a roundabout way is what led to the death of my grandma. And there's tons, there's tons and tons of information to dig into to find out what was really going on here. But this is why I have no trust for the F- for the FDA or the USDA or healthcare in general. Because like everything, it starts out with good intentions and then becomes corrupted by people who only care about wealth and power. And since we've entered this age of COVID and epidemiology and vaccinology, it's probably not a real word. (laughs) I've lost even more trust for the medical healthcare establishment. But I took, I think, Prilosec for a while when I was, you know, in, in my later 20s struggling with heartburn because I didn't, I just thought, you know, oh, my dad has heartburn. It's just a thing that we, ha- it's, it's something that's wrong with our bodies. You know, my dad had it, and so he passed that genetic deficiency on to me, and this is just what my life is like. But as life has gone on, and I've paid a little bit more attention to things like nutrition and the new discoveries that have occurred in the uh, in the nutrition field or more just how what we put in our bodies affects our bodies i started paying more attention to how my body responded to the things that i put into it after taking this once a day heartburn treatment for a while a couple of years, probably not even that long. I found out, oh, this, this heartburn medication is, it's, believe it or not, it's bad for your heart. <laughs> Here's this article from uh, WebMD back in 2015. People who use certain heartburn drugs for a long period of time may have a slightly heightened risk of suffering a heart attack. Using medical records from nearly 300,000 adults with acid reflux disease, researchers found that the risk of heart attack was slightly elevated among those using proton pump inhibitors. 
Proton pump inhibitors are a group of acid-suppressing drugs that include brand names such as Prevacid, Prilosec, and Nexium. In 2009, they were the third most commonly used type of drug in the United States. And wouldn't you know, if you Google this now, or DuckDuckGo it, as I do, you'll see many, many articles that claim the FDA says that Nexium and Prilosec are okay for your heart. Don't worry about it. You can't trust the FDA anymore. I mean, that's not even where I was going with this. But articles from 12, 13, 14 years ago say it's bad. And it's been long enough now that the FDA thinks we've forgotten. So they can now push out this propaganda which is okay because of the things that Obama did with the Smith-Munt Act. They can turn around and tell us, nah, it's all good. Go ahead and take it. And don't forget to get your COVID vaccination while you're re-upping on your prescription for Prilosec, which I think you actually don't need a prescription for. And acid reflux isn't even the, it's not even the term anymore. Now it's called GERD. Gastro something. Gastroesophageal reflux disease. Yep, that sounds serious. But don't definitely don't look at your diet. I mean, it's unbelievable now. The since since all of this COVID stuff came out and basically confirmed that we can't trust the medical industry anymore. I've really been studying hard and researching how the body works, how our food affects our body. And not only that, but the disgusting chemicals that the food industrial complex has resorted to using to stop things like mold from occurring on your the, the bag of pre-shredded cheese that you bought from the store. Have you ever thought it's kind of weird that that shit doesn't melt in the microwave? Or maybe you thought that it was weird that it could sit in the back of your fridge for 18 months and you can pull it out of there and there's no mold on it? Have you ever wondered why that's the case? Well, I know the answer. It's a thing called natamycin. Now, on the back of the package, it says, oh, natamycin is a, uh, it's a natural mold inhibitor. But what is it really? Oh, it's basically Vagisil. Oh, yes. And if you Google it, you'll find plenty of articles telling you that the FDA says it's fine. It's fine to consume. And I say, go for it. If you want to eat Vagisil, help yourself. Uh, but doctors think that it doesn't belong in our, fo- in our food and it should not be there. 
Those, of course, would be the doctors that weren't paid to conduct studies that find that it's fine for human consumption. So we can put Vagisil on our cheese, but we can't have a cure for cancer. And that's not, I wasn't even, I wasn't even trying to go there. I mean, I stopped taking Prilosec because I heard that it was bad for your heart. And that's not all it's bad for. There's a list of other things that can be caused by taking Prilosec long term. Like kidney failure, other sorts of not great things. I know I'm stalling because I'm trying to get this article back up. Here we go. Kidney damage, injury, or failure. Acute interstitial nephritis. Well, we're going to have to Google that. Fractures in the hip, wrist, or spine. Vitamin B12 deficiency. A severe form of diarrhea. Clostridium difficile due to intestinal infection. So I think what we can we add intestinal infection to the list of not great things that happen from this FDA approved medication. Low levels of magnesium. Back to acute interstitial nephritis. It's a kidney disease. Who do I trust? Who, who, I'm, I'm looking at this list of search results. Who do I trust? Kidneyinternational.org? Where do they get their funding? You, do you see this? You see this quandary that we're in here? We've got the FDA that's supposed to protect us and give us correct information about the the things that we put in our body and instead they take money from the manufacturers of these products to create a bullshit study that says it's okay that's what our fda is So interstitial nephritis is a disease entity characterized by an anti, no, characterized by an inflammatory process involving the kidney's tissue, which can lead to a decline in kidney function and even complete kidney failure. Now, see, these companies are funding these studies that tell us and the FDA that these chemicals are safe to put in food or to put in medicine. Who's funding the studies that find out that actually, oh, these things, these things really are actually aren't that good. Nobody, nobody is funding studies that say these chemicals are bad because they only want to make money off of us. They don't want to keep us healthy. They want to make us sick so they can sell us more medications. They want to make us sick and then blame it on some made-up disease that they've created a vaccine for. And this is why I've stopped taking all forms of medication. 
Aside, of course, from, as I mentioned, taking uh, Tums. I take Tums in a pinch because uh, Rolaids don't exist anymore. And I was wondering to myself, why why don't we have Rolaids anymore? And it's because they were recalled. And apparently, it was so egregious the circumstances surrounding this recall that stores won't even carry Rolaids anymore. Oh, what, what, what was the trouble with Rolaids? Oh, nothing, just uh, metal and wood chips discovered. And Rolaids was a Johnson & Johnson product, and I thought, oh, it's so strange that Johnson & Johnson is now the safest vaccine. Definitely not the safest heartburn treatment, though. Thanks, y'all, for hanging out. Send me an email, follow me on social media, and share the show. I'll be back. Goodbye.